Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loiza. And with me today is my co-host. Uh, Mark Salcedo, senior editor, writer, um, two-time elbow champion, elbow go, dropping champion. You're going to go down your list of uh, comedian? Mathematician, comedian. Chef, uh, babysitter, taxi driver, uh, editor, photographer, maid, maid, <laughs> <laughs> punching bag, mm-hmm. shoulder to cry on, uh, therapist, therapist, uh, impotent, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a screen geek. Not- Don't forget, hmm. you're Pisces, so you're a crybaby too. I know Pisces always get the always get a bad rap. Whenever like this is a this is a, what a Pisces is. It's always like something shitty. Same thing with Scorpios. We kind of made out to be like fucking brooding murderers and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met my brother? Me. <laughs> yeah. And Caden. Yeah. <laughs> and your aunt Lily. Oh, Lillian. Yeah. See, that's a, that's how much of, of a savage you are. You don't even bother remembering her name. Don't know her name is Lillian. <laughs> Megan's a Scorpio, too. She's psycho. I'm joking. <laughs> Pocket's a psycho because she's Scorpio, probably. No, I had her birthday as uh, June. Oh, that is right. She's a June baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently she wants to play around with patches at the moment. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Let's go go through the uh, social media bullshit. Is that what you always say? Before... That was a distracting, <laughs> distracting, huh? You, well, you looking at the computer was because it seemed like you were like saw what I was gonna say. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you want me to do social media stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, and we're already starting to do our banter section before that, you're always like, "Wait, wait, wait, go, go." <laughs> Where's that? Is that from Guardians or is that yeah. from Star? Okay. <laughs> You know what? You pick the best quotes all the time. I know I do. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. Or a curse. <laughs> for you. <laughs> I know. It's different. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok at The Real Appeal, two E's in real. You can email us at therealappeal.gmail.com. If you could please review us on <clears throat> anywhere, any platform that you listen to our podcast, we would appreciate that. Our segments for the show this week are our recent review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, our variety time, the writer's strike on Disney, slash, you know, Star Wars Marvel. Uh, You know, for those basic people who don't understand. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, geriatric Cinematic, Stargate, which came out in 1994. Mark. Mark. Yes? <laughs> Don't do that. I hate dead air. I though I was waiting for you. I said, Mark, can you look at yeah, me? Yeah, normally you're like, Mark, what's the turbic? Oh, oh, I heard, Mark. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what's the turbic? Uh, team building with bodies for materials. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad I got this material to share with you. Mm. <sighs> this month... Mm-hmm. And blackmail email. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I got a new one. Shit. I'm so excited to share this. Um, okay, so it's actually short. It's actually way shorter than the other blackmail emails that I've gotten in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I, I was looking through my emails because there's a, there's a specific email I'm, like, waiting for. So, obviously, I'm checking, like, the inbox, the spam section of, like, all, all the emails I have. Mm. And I found this one in my junk pile. Okay? Uh, and this actually goes back to April 28th. Okay. Okay? And I tell you, I'm so glad I caught it. Because normally, after 30 days, you know. So, it's two it's, weeks ago, so. Yeah. It'll just delete. Like, your email service or whatever, just delete it. So, this comes from Catherine Jones. Like I say, it's shorter Catherine than... Catherine with a C or a K? With a K. So that means mm. they're horrible. Mm. Um, so like I said, this is going to be a short one. <laughs> I am not going to teach you life. <laughs> <laughs> Already starting off with a banger. <laughs> I think that you, spell with just you, realize yourself that your, you apostrophe R-E, you're nasty. <laughs> You're like, tell me something I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> when I got connection to your, you are, web camera, all one word, and caught you, <laughs> caught you wanking. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I have never seen such filth. <laughs> okay. Well, Catherine, you need to go out more. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Just go on the internet for like 10 minutes. That's it. You know it. what? She's evangelical. I'll be blackmailed by an evangelical person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be funny if that was the case. And be like, I expect you to read the Bible. <laughs> okay. Haven't you been told that already in one of them? Probably. Like it's against God's will or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So as the blackmail email continues, if you were more attentive to your safety, your, you are on the internet, internet with capital, capital I, you would have never got into uncomfortable situations. Obviously, I was very comfortable if I was wanking it. <laughs> in front of the web yeah, camera. In front of the web camera, yeah. All your contacts from email box or even the entire internet will see the clip with your participation. Your, with you are. Uh, I assure you. You with the spell with you. Um, run on sentences, unnecessary commas, Whatever. You can save your privacy. See, and they actually spell your, Y-O-U-R. Um, you can save your privacy, and I'll help you with that. Within 46 hours, you transfer here. And it gives you, like, a web address, and they want $962 U.S. Dollars, uh, in Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> I think that's harder to get than actual money. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how big... I, I have an idea how Bitcoins work, but I wouldn't know how to. That's what I'm saying. Like most that. people are like, how? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's I'm a couple of things. I'm disappointed. One, I wish it was longer. <laughs> I really wish it was longer because like these are always fun to read. Two, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have more. I feel like they've gotten better with their 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 uh, with their grammar. Mm. I think they got a little bit better. Uh, so Catherine, if you're listening, I mean, come on, like, step up your game. (laughs) Exactly, step up your game. (laughs) Come at me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I'm glad you didn't tell me. I know. That's always like, oh, you're going to like it. You're going <laughs> to like it. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we're done with that. What do we, what do we got? What's, what's coming up? <sighs> As Kelsey's bored with this Well, podcast. I'm not bored. I'm just fucking tired. I was actually falling asleep at work, which oh, I have really? not ever done before. Don't fall asleep in the podcast. I'll try not to. If Marco's on for a really long time, which he does sometimes, mm-hmm. I might just take a nap. Okay. Okay. Um, our recent review this week is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm going to tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl. Fell in love. That girl died. But then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. The synopsis is, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the, Gu- the Guardians if not successful. Directed and written by James Gunn, it stars Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Zoe Saldana, Palm Clementif, uh, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, and Vin Diesel. Hmm. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was like Vincent Diesel. <laughs> Vincent Diesel. Vincent Diesel. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. A lot of people have been anticipating this movie ever since the trailer. The trailer dropped. Um, you know, you, you, I, I got a sense this was going to be an emotional ride. Mm-hmm. Um, you forgot Sean Gunn. Oh, Sean Gunn's Craglin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I put, like, the main players, you know. I just like the fact that he did something. Who, Sean Gunn? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Um, you know, when he's the guy, I forgot his name, who died, said, use your heart, not your head. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Damn, spoilers. That's not spoilers. Oh, okay. I just spoiled it by saying spoilers. Jesus Christ. My, my mistake. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, Kelsey, <laughs> what did you think about this movie? Uh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? What's your overall thoughts on that? My overall thoughts. Mm. James Gunn successfully crammed the most he possibly could into a movie um, that was how long? Just over two hours? Uh, it was two and a half hours. Two and a half hours? Mm. That normally most directors who are even mildly competent couldn't even cram into a longer movie. Mm-hmm. I think he did a really good job of like... Yeah, we're looking at you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> and some people who like the Snyder cut. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. I didn't mean, didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I think it's really honestly difficult even for like competent directors Mm -hmm. to stick that much stuff into a movie Mm -hmm. for it to continue to make sense throughout yeah i mean not only that um this is a a trilogy of of films um 
And Marvel's not really known for like having one director in a trilogy of movies. Even like Takawa Titi, who did uh, just two two of those movies, uh, the Thor movies. There's like John Watts, who did uh, the Spider-Man films. Um, I'm trying to think of what other director is going blank on. But like, yeah, he did. James Gunn did. He did something that I thought is. It's almost near impossible because there's only so many directors who have done this. But he's made three films. Like he's made a trilogy, and all of them are almost like great. They're either good or like great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like to end his run with Marvel with this movie on such an emotional uh, like event, like what's what goes on. Um, I think it's a sign of a really talented director. Talented, and he could just as easily have been like, I've already done this shit twice, mm-hmm. trying to move on to DC. Yeah. And he still gave this the time it deserved. He didn't, like, just fucking check out. Yeah, some directors do that. They, like, they do, like, one or two great movies, and they kind of just, like, sometimes they try to, like, uh, surpass, like, their talents or try to, like, go above and beyond it. And sometimes they're just like, yeah whatever i'm already like made in hollywood i'll just make movie after movie and take a paycheck but with this one like gun really put his like heart and soul into it like mm-hmm. he was like i'm gonna make people cry and have a good time while doing it honestly um i was thinking about it a little bit earlier i'm really sad that he's moving on to dc mm-hmm. it's like i know he still exists mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't die I know, right? but it does feel like a death in a way oh yeah because he's not with the only franchise that i know and love yeah like I know he's going to DC and he's going to make it better, but right now it's mm. shit. I'm like, fuck. Well, I mean, that's that's the one thing. It's it's to it's to see as hopeful now, and it's it's a with DC is going to be more of a structure. Like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, there have been plenty of people, and I think these are like, I mean, I don't like using this word because it's so cliche, but there are people who are just like straight up haters, and it's like Gun's going to fuck it up. He hasn't done a good movie. Like, fuck those Guardians movie. It's like, dude, then what, then what do you want? like they're like and people like to throw his suicide squad underneath the bus because it didn't make as much money as it should have mm-hmm. which one it happened while there's still a pandemic and two it was released on the same day on hbo max mm-hmm. so obviously that's gonna hurt the numbers but i feel like also with, you know mm-hmm. there were a lot of haters yeah seriously like, like hmm, snyder cut i know what's snyder cut to come back like ugh. anyway uh but like I'm, I'm hopeful for DC, and I think it's really, it's a really great send off that what Gunn did to essentially like leave his mark with Marvel and be like, all right, this is this is what I'm going to be known for in Marvel. That's great. That's what I want. And he could have took the lazy route, but he's just like, no, nah, I want to like go out with like with a bang. And I'm really glad he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, acting. Uh, what was anybody anybody in particular that you liked or do you think like you know comparable job or anything like that um actually a couple of things mm. chris pratt to me even though he is the main character mm-hmm. throughout the films i kind of viewed him as more of a side character oh this time around no no, no the first two. Oh, really like even though he is the main character in those uh-huh. he was kind of an idiot uh-huh. And like Gamora was more intelligent, or Drax was like he more was, funny, or whatever. Yeah, he was an idiot, but like a funny idiot. Yeah, 
And so, like, I couldn't take Chris Pratt seriously in this role, even in the first two movies. Even mm-hmm. though I loved the films and he, he does an okay job, like, mm-hmm. in this one, I felt like he had more of a purpose. Oh, okay. Like, an actual purpose instead of things happening to him. Mm-hmm. He actually okay. took control. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that, yeah. Um, And... And so, to me, that also made him seem like, okay, he actually is a better actor. Like, yeah. even in this role, like, even when, you know, you see it in the trailer where he's, like, screaming at the top of his lungs. Like, mm-hmm. I felt that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I was uh, re-watching the trailer, like, when I was getting, like, all the sound bites together and stuff like that. And I rewatched that trailer where they show him, like, screaming. And I started getting a little choked up. Like, oh. like even though I know what happens, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, I can't pronounce this dude's name, but he played the high evolutionary, uh, Chuck Wandi Luji. Oh, Chuck Woody mm-hmm. That dude was a great fucking villain. Like, boy, was he a piece of shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. And not like coming from like a PETA angle or anything like that. Cause that's what like a lot of people are saying that like, oh, it's a very animal rights movie. Um, no, he's just a narcissist. Yeah, he's just a narcissist asshole. Like, who thinks he's God? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm the only one who can say that. So, you know, don't be a dick about it. Why? Because I am. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-talented. As we, as we, oh, yeah, as I and, mentioned. And your God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mathematician, blah, blah, all that stuff. Da, da, da. God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but I just remembered the jokes I was making yesterday. What jokes? Um, the cats named uh, Jesus and his name Amen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. Um, no, thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. No, no thanks. No, good night. Th- yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Bye. No. No, no, no thanks. Good night. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that dude was a piece of shit. I mean, he was, that dude was great. Great. He was like really great at his, as, as, as at the role as um, higher revolution. High, at the high evolutionary oh wait, it was not tonight thanks yeah that's what it is not tonight thanks exactly um but i think everybody everybody was really doing an amazing job even like um i mean this is not like wolf you know like a side note or anything but like even dave batista you know like dave batista is like a reminder of like this dude's like taking acting really serious you know but there's like a scene where he's getting emotional like mm. really emotional yeah and I think only recently have I seen him very emotional in the movie when we saw Knock, Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he does have it in him. But I honestly didn't think he would take that into this role. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did. And it was actually like a good, like you actually got to see this character upset for once, not yeah. just pissed off or over the top dumb or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was actually like tearing up. Yeah, I, I think it's funny how dave batista like he had been acting in a bunch of movies and stuff like that and james gunn was the one who was like no no he can like act like i'm gonna push i'm gonna put him as drax and he can act really well right but i felt like blade runner 2049 was like the one that was just like oh no like this dude can like emote you know he he doesn't he doesn't have to just play like a dumb character or anything like that um and i i feel like this one is like a reminder like no this dude can like fucking act Mm. Like given the right to m- right material, the zoo can like go like hard at this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else that I thought was actually pretty good. 
Uh, I honestly, throughout uh, this entire franchise, could not care less about Nebula. Really? Can't stand that character. I love Nebula. I thought Nebula was great in this one. I thought her character had a great arc. Kind of? Mm-hmm. Like overarching arc, like from no, from fir- beginning to end. Yeah, I from know. like beginning to end, and even like, uh, even like in Infinity War and Endgame, I thought she had like a great overarching arc. I just don't think I like the actress Karen Gillian. I haven't seen her. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm. First time I ever saw her was in uh, Doctor Who. Mm. Loved her in that show. Mm. Have not loved her in anything I've seen since. Really? Um, I just don't think she has the range. Okay. And most of the time, this character was really fucking annoying. Like, mm. like, um, very by the book or like mm. angry or like, I have a hard time with characters that are constantly fucking angry. Yeah, yeah, you do. You've, you said that repeatedly. Um, and like, like if I look at her and I'm like, I don't like the way her mouth moves. <laughs> it's annoying. Or like the way she tries. I don't like the way her mouth moves. Dang, that's it. (laughs) F. (laughs) The way she talks is really strange. And Uh, I I don't know if that's acting or mm -hmm. if that's her trying to get rid of her accent. Probably. um, Because she is British. I've I've noticed this trend of um, actors coming, like British actors, whenever they want to pull an American accent, they're either like very um like raspy voice or they have like a southern kind of twang to it or something like that Mm -hmm. like case in point is like um benedict cumberbatch Mm -hmm. uh like in um, oh he gets gruff sounding yeah he gets gruff sounding like like you know or like charlie hunnam uh yeah or charlie hunnam um i think maybe the only one who can kind of get away with it is uh, what's his name uh tom holland Mm -hmm. as peter parker he seems to do like a an all right job um oh uh what's his name uh patrick bateman um I, 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 what the fuck uh christian bale there you go christian bale christian bale in american psycho mm-hmm. great like 80s yuppie type voice or performance mm-hmm. uh he wasn't like he didn't have like that gruff kind of sound he he went into it hard with like as john connor mm-hmm. um but he, but he, he did kind of for Batman, but that's because the role kind of called for it. Yeah, as Batman, as Bruce Wayne, he's a he. I say he's he's a more calm Patrick Bateman, like less psycho yeah. type Patrick Bateman. Um, but I think it's funny how, how you just didn't like Karen Gillian because of her mouth. That's, her mouth yeah, movement. That's not the only reason. No, no, I know. I know. Plus, I like. know who's underneath that makeup, and to me, it's like a weird. Like you wouldn't think of that actor playing this role. Uh huh. And also, um, when I think of her, mm-hmm. I don't think about Doctor Who, and I don't think about Nebula, and I don't think about Jumanji, even though that's pretty close to what I do think about. I think of Selfie. Oh, the show Selfie? Really? Yes. And I'm like, fuck, I hated that show so much. Jesus, I, you I, gotta let that go. I hate watched that show. Think you know what? That's your fault. I don't. I don't get like. I, I and like, then the uh, thing that pissed me off is that when she her character started to show some fucking growth, they uh, canceled the fucking show after one season. Then I was like, God damn it! Because they they didn't have enough people hate watching it. That's probably why. 
Um, I didn't have a problem with her. I, I liked her. Prof- I always liked her as Nebula. Um, I liked her better tortured. Uh, okay. Well, because she had a reason to be upset. And like, mm-hmm. I don't really think they explored that enough. Like, she would say what happened mm-hmm. to her, mm-hmm. but it wasn't ever like, she was never vulnerable about it. I, I, I had to do some pushback on that. I think the times where she does become vulnerable are like the small snippets when it's her confronting Gamora. Um, or even like in, in Endgame where she confronted like a version of herself that she essentially like, she confronted like an old version of herself that she had to kill. Mm-hmm. And it was like very symbolic of like, all right, I'm no longer like tortured soul. Like I have anger issues, but I'm a girl as a character. But compared to Gamora, mm-hmm. who really had her time to like... Mm-hmm make the audience feel something for her and this one or just in the like i think in the first one mm-hmm. i don't think nebula got that time mm, okay you know what i mean so that's why i couldn't mm. i guess relate to her as well because mm-hmm. she's always been almost like a plot device oh okay i can see that i can see that yeah um well speaking of gamora i i did like her her like this version of her um because it like really allowed uh it allowed her character to develop in a different way. Um, and so I was really digging, like, how, how, like, she was so, like, telling Peter Quill, like, this is not, like, I'm not the person that you fell in love with. I'm completely fucking different. And how he was so hard-headed about it. Mm-hmm. But how she, like, warmed up, not to the idea of being with him, because I felt like that would have been uh, very forced. You know, because, like... So it would be like every other movie from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, like we got that ex- exploration of their relationship in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and even in uh, Infinity War, where they, like, more profess their love and everything, which I was like, okay, that's, like, enough time to, like, show that. If they had done it this one, I would have had a problem with it, but they didn't. They more explored the idea of, like, her finding a home, actually like feeling like a, with a family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting how James Gunn had did that. And he, I felt like he was like, he challenged himself. Like, how can I make her interesting and make her kind of do the same thing over again, but without it being the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I liked her, her character arc in this one. I do too. Though I, again, with the anger. <laughs> with Gamora? Yeah. <laughs> Because everybody's just angry. They are. <laughs> well, like angry people. I, I'm just the only one who's allowed to be angry. <laughs> you are all the time. I'm sitting here with a black eye. No, I'm joking. Um, all right. One more person I want to I want to bring up because we actually. Okay. Two more things. What do you think of, as, of Will Porter as Adam Warlock? Will Poulter? Yeah. Will, Will, Will Poulter. Yeah. I really liked him in that role. Mm, okay. Like, I think, because he usually plays someone who's kind of creepy and evil. Mm-hmm. Or like silly and dumb or something like that. Well, he, like, well, he was kind of silly and dumb in this one. Yeah, but I think with this, it, it definitely counts for it because he's like, like what? But ten, was, he was like 10 days old or something like that. Like, but, he wasn't even that old. Like, mentally, he wasn't that old. Yeah, and he was layered. Yeah. Right? Like, he was stupid. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he was written with intent. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, we're going to make him silly because we can, you know, like mm-hmm. he was just kind of dumb, but he kind of, I liked his arc. Like mm-hmm. he sh- kind of showed what he was made of for real. And he wasn't just exactly what the high evolutionary said he was. Yeah. Or it could have been like, 
it could have been like a repeat of the of the Drax character, but they were still like, and that that didn't happen because there was like an actual like significant difference between how the characters are. Where Drax is more like the first Guardians, Drax is like he's like literal and stuff like that doesn't get metaphors and everything so it's like there's like a disconnect with this with adam warlock it's more like i haven't been alive so long uh, long enough and things are i don't understand everything or something like that like you know like a child like coming from like a like it's a cross between drax and thor (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah totally 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 um so i think um are, are they supposed to make a movie with him adam warlock Probably because I wasn't that a name that you threw out a long time ago, yeah. That you were hoping they would come out with a movie of his and like you're excited to see him, but he just seems like a very early, early on in his character. It's kind of hard, okay. I won't necessarily say it's hard to make an Adam Warlock movie, but I think with what's going on with the MCU, there's really not enough time to get him his own movie, mm. um, because he does. Well, actually, I take that back. He would have played more of a crucial role in the Infinity Gauntlet uh, saga or the Infinity Saga because, like, his connection with the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos and everything. But I feel like since this MCU is becoming more cosmic and they're, they've they already got a bunch of stuff lined up, there's, like, not enough room to give him his own movie. Mm. And I think there's not enough hype around the character to warrant that. Like, comic book, like, comic book nerds know who Adam Warlock is and his backstory. But people who like know just know like Spider Man, Incredible Hulk, Thor, they have no idea who the fuck this character is. They said that about Iron Man. But see, Iron Man was a second tier character. Okay, he was like B level. I say B, B, maybe C. Adam Warlock is more like D, but side character. Oh shit. Yeah, but like they they've built him up over time, like his his connection with the Guardians and like uh, the Thanos Imperative and then like Annihilation, the, the, like those storylines, they've really built his character up over time. It's kind of hard to do that, especially we got so much shit going on now. I'd love to see him with Vision. I can picture that. I bet you those two could like butt heads, but fucking team up. Would you say old Vision or, or white Vision? White Vision. White Vision? I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, okay, so one more area where you we should cover is the writing it's just james gunn's writing do we even have to ask that i know right it's like it's good it's good it's fucking good like it's a reminder that james gunn like puts his heart and soul into like as, as much as he puts his heart puts his heart and soul in directing he does it in his writing mm-hmm. i would honestly love to know his writing process also there aren't very many i know it like you hear about it a lot but there aren't Mm. very many directors who can write and direct their own fucking film that's very true because Uh, usually they're either or they're not usually both mm -hmm. so that to me is always fascinating that's very true you can say uh, i can say maybe like jordan pill jordan pill does that um but he also has help he does a help, but he's he's mainly like for, like for example like Get Out. That's like his script. Us is his script. Um, I would say maybe Edgar Wright, but Edgar Wright normally teams up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get like an Edgar Wright DNA right. type of thing. Like in Spike Lee also. Spike Lee, yeah, he writes his own stuff, but sometimes he, he gets help. He he really gets help now. Back then, not so much. But he needed it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he did. He did. Um. All right, so you want to get into the uh, spoiler section? Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in the spoiler section. We're going to talk about it at great lengths. If you don't want to be spoiled, spoiled, 
here's a spoiler bumper right about now. All right, Kelsey. What parts made you cry the most? What parts made me cry the most? Yes. I mean, I didn't cry. Okay. What parts that you had to fight back those tears the hardest? Anything having to do with Rocket? (laughs) Seriously? My God. (laughs) Especially when he's like, oh, I am a raccoon. Oh, yeah. When he finally like. He's like, yeah, okay, I know what I am. Cause I don't, it, I, it's funny because everyone, the whole time, he's mm. like, I'm not a raccoon. I'm yeah. not a possum. I'm not a whatever. They call him like all this stuff. And, and clearly he like, he's a raccoon. Um, and I think that I think that moment in the movie where he's like, I'm a raccoon. Oh, when he actually says that, he goes, I'm Rocket Raccoon. Mm-hmm. A little part, like a part of me was like, yes, yes. <laughs> like it's a whole identity crisis thing that mm. I think you probably could relate to. I, yeah. I can't that much. Mm-hmm. I kind of mm. I never really figured out who I am but I don't feel like there's things pulling me in different directions yeah um and the way he grew up he just didn't know what he was yeah or he like actively was avoiding it because like like and they made they made a point of this in the movie where they were like we don't really know a whole lot about Rocket's past and you can tell that he's one of those people who like I don't want to talk about it it's like so traumatic I just don't want to talk about it yeah and honestly, this is a very dramatic um, backstory mm-hmm. because I remember like while I was watching, I'm like, this is so fucking dark for a Marvel movie. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. There, there was actually people writing articles like, like, be careful when you take your kids to see this because this is they depict like some animal torture, like level, not like uh, not like direct shots, but more like implied animal torture. Mm-hmm. And sometimes kids can't just they can't differentiate the two between the two mm-hmm. and they're like like these articles are like yeah it's kind of traumatic yeah but it's not like super gory or anything like that either it's yeah. just like mentally like a mental fuck yeah yeah exactly exactly um so a couple things i'm trying to like so there are there were a couple things that that did bother me um with this movie um because james gunn has like what what I've what I've read in his interviews that he tends to play, he tends to play music while writing, mm-hmm. but he doesn't just play music like random playlists or anything like that. He looks for like specific songs or albums to be like, all right, for this scene, I'm going to listen to this album, and that's what's gonna like fuel this scene, right? Um, and he actually like he's able to incorporate the music that he plays into the movies, like literally, like he d- he's able to do this, right? Because mm-hmm. he it's Marvel, they got the money and everything. Um, so, like with that being said, I did have problems with some of it because some of it seemed like needle dropping mm-hmm. at a couple of scenes. And the previous Guardian Guardian movies, like the music, really had a a way to like give an idea what the characters thinking about or like without but also saying they had like cinematic music more mm-hmm. and this one it didn't feel like there was a lot of that it was mostly just like music you know yeah yeah and it was kind of like an overabundance of it as opposed to like a, a happy medium between the two so mm-hmm. that that was irking me like a like a little bit when i was like all right like we 
kind of got the point of that one. Like, you don't really need to like. Even I noticed it. But there was one scene that that was very apparent mm. where um, it was like they had one hurdle, right? They went over their first hurdle. Uh-huh. And they got that little thing that gave the directions on what they did to him or whatever his archives. Oh, the code for to figure out how to fit, how to help Rocket, right? Well, no, there were two things, right? They uh. got the, the the basically the footage. Okay. And then they realized they needed the code. Yeah. Okay. Or the key. Yeah. So they got past their first hurdle, mm. and they realized that they weren't done. Mm. And then, like you see Peter Quill like next to Rocket's bedside, and then all of a sudden he's like walking through the doors with this music i'm like that was really disjointed like oh yeah with the editing yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like really weird it was like i'm sad okay we could do this yeah, like what yeah. the fuck yeah I, I get what you're saying yeah i re- vaguely remember that scene but i i i remember thinking the same thing like why 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 did they do that yeah um what did you think of do you feel that they further expanded this universe? Like they've they've kind of been doing piece by piece of it in the previous Guardians movie. Do you think they've gone a little further with with this with this movie? They did. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, you find out where um, what are those golden people called? I always forget their name. They're like the Century or the Centurions or some shit like that. <laughs> There's centenarians centenarians yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up while you're while you're talking you get an idea you find out like where they really come from then yeah. you didn't really know that um in the last film yeah yeah exactly and and so in this one it's like it makes kind of a lot more sense why they are the way they are mm-hmm. um sovereign the sovereign oh yeah the sovereign mm-hmm. um and so like i couldn't exactly hate them yeah and also like i was more scared of them not like i'm not scared but you know what i mean like Uh they had more of an emotional or like mental weight Mm -hmm. in the second one okay in the second one and then in this one Mm -hmm. i'm like i can't take you seriously now because i know that you're like a product of where you came from and like Mm -hmm. you're honestly not very intelligent um i can see your point i think i tell you i think i'm more empathize with them in this one in the third one because they they did come off not as like the main batting in part two but they really came off as like as, as a threat mm-hmm. and the fact that like the high evolutionary is like worse than them and they're just like victims of his creation as well mm-hmm. which kind of that kind of made me look at and, and the fact that dude's like a piece of shit it's like it's like being created by like your abuser or something like that mm-hmm. and i actually kind of felt felt more for the characters especially even like adam warlock who um, was created to, like, get revenge on the Guardians, but, like, how high evolutionary, like, use him as a weapon, mm-hmm. but, like, was, like, a weapon that, he, like, he spanked. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, dude, like, I'm feeling for you right now, you know? I felt more for Adam Warlock. The mm-hmm. mom just kind of irritated me. Oh, but now okay. that I think about it, like, I didn't really think about it until you were talking right now. Mm-hmm. That does kind of bother me a little bit, because you could tell she was slowly like deteriorating mm-hmm. like emotionally yeah. she didn't know what to do with herself now yeah. that she wasn't like the leader of the best people ever created yeah, or whatever the perfect people and stuff yeah like you could tell like even mm-hmm. her face was becoming less golden it was becoming more tarnished yeah, yeah her exactly. hair was looking kind of greasy and, and flat and like mm-hmm. she was really getting like downtrodden uh so what did you think about the uh the action in the in this movie 
Most of it was really great. I think mm. there was one time where I was like, okay, I can't really see what's going on. Do you remember what that was? I don't remember. I know it was <laughs> I know it was closer to the beginning. Oh, okay. Um but for the most part I could really see what was going on. Yeah, the yeah, the action here is really great. Once again, it's a reminder that like James Gunn is really great directing action. And I think he actually I think he also improved on it because he had um he did one of those kind of not so kind of like Marvel hallway fight scenes that's like marvel's known for oh yeah i remember that that and that was like a one take shot that was fucking awesome you know what i was watching that and in my brain while it was happening i could Uh, hear you say i'm a sucker for one take shots i am a sucker for you know this (laughs) i could almost hear your boner going (laughs) right next to me you know like yeah exactly yes give me more That's one of the reasons why I actually want to revisit this movie. Mm. Um, so you can watch that. It's such a great shot. It's such a great scene. And like, once again, it shows that like James Gunn's is like, all right, let me see how I can be better at this. How much money do you think a box set of all the Marvel movies would cost? A lot. <laughs> I know there's like, like the, there's like the, the infinity set. Uh-huh. And obviously like when, when the, uh, I believe this is like the cosmic. I think this is like the cosmic era right now. Um, obviously, like to have them like bunched up together so far would cost like a fuck ton of money, especially if it's like Blu-ray or some shit like that. It'd probably be like a thousand dollars or more, fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, let me let me see actually, because uh, some of those box sets cost like three hundred bucks. Uh, let me see how much they cost right now. Um, the other thing is um. The kids at the kids towards the end, mm-hmm. they sounded like Sims. Oh, really? Yeah. And I thought that in another movie too, but I can't remember where. Okay, so okay, so this is the Marvel Studios Infinity Saw. Ooh, damn! Ooh. The inf- how many movies? Um. All right, I, I, I want. I'm trying to find out which movies are in there exactly. It doesn't give me like a full list. Um. Uh, okay. All right. So it contains all 23 movies. Oh shit! Okay. And the MCU films in the Infinity Saga, right? All 23 movies. Mm-hmm. 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray disc, 46 discs, right? Mm-hmm. Each film's uh, disc are housed with 23 individual twin tray digit. Uh, digipack cases, right? J- uh, just, just guess how much. Just guess how much it costs. Twenty two hundred dollars. A little bit lower. Uh, nineteen. Oh, t- uh, yeah, well, lower. Like a little bit lower. Seventeen. Uh, one thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Oh yeah, that's what I said originally. I was like, you said twenty four hundred. No, I said it probably costs like fifteen hundred dollars oh. or something. Mm. Yeah, that's how much it costs. That's a lot. But it's the entire saga. So, like, picture this with the next saga. First of all, yeah, you have to buy them like in separate sets, mm. separate sets. Like, you got to do like here's the Infinity Saga, here's the Cosmos Saga, whatever it is. Um, but that's a lot of fucking money just for like the Infinity Saga alone. So when they get done with all their movies, you essentially are going to be paying like 500 grand 
Probably. If like if Marvel Studios ever like close the shop and shit, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's gonna cost a lot. <laughs> With inflation too, you gotta oh, take I that know, into right? account. <laughs> um, oh my god, I'm trying to. Oh okay. Oh, you know, you know who. A lot of these characters, they had like their really good moments and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. for example, like you were saying, Drax. Drax had this really emotional moment of saying bye to Mantis, which I thought was really sweet and really great. Like the way how they actually had set that up in the beginning of this one, but they also kind of set it up. No, the relationship in part two, because mm-hmm. they had like he like he would constantly talk shit about her, but she would always defend him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's just an idiot, you know. He can't. It's not his fault. So that that emotional scene where he like said bye to her, I thought that was really great, really well done. Um, I felt that was like Drax saying goodbye to that, like not Drax, Dave Bautista being like, "All right, like bye everybody, I'm no longer Drax." Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him being uh, conflicted about that because I know that he's uh, tired of playing that character, but yeah. I think he still really loves the people that he acts with because i know that he defended james gunn when disney fired him yeah yeah exactly uh so i forgot what i was gonna say oh now i remember uh sean gunn's character uh i think his name was like cracklin um i think it's craglin craglin yeah sorry craglin i liked what they did with the character me too um like that moment at near the end where he finally like is able to control like Yandu's arrow. Mm-hmm. Um he had like that moment and how like uh Yandu like shows up. He's like, oh don't use your heart, use your head. Mm-hmm. That, that oh, don't use your head, use your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That moment I got a little teary. I was like, oh my God, Yandu's back for like a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um which I think, like, and it goes back to, like, what James Gunn can do. Like, as in making, like, these hard-hitting emotional beats with these movies. Like, in the first one, there was that scene where, uh, oh, what's his name? Groot was like, oh, he says, like, we are Groot. Which, mm-hmm. like, you know, he doesn't say it exactly, but we all understand that he says, like, we are family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in the second one, where Yondu's like, oh, he was your, what was it? He was your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Mm-hmm. No, no, he says, you know, he says that like, he was your daddy, but he wasn't your father. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And when Yandu dies, and like you, this whole realization that like, oh, Peter always had a father. It was always in Yandu. That's another emotional moment of like, oh my god, kind of thing. So once again, this one where uh, Yandu show, Yandu shows up. That's another moment to me. I was just like, fuck, like goddamn, James Gunn is good at doing this. But shit. what about uh, what Groot says at the end? Oh, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was confused about that because I was like, wait, can Groot like speak now? Like, that's just so weird. Um, So it didn't really hit me as hard as it could have. But I did find out. And James Gunn had said this. He officially said this on Twitter. I think I read that article, too. Yeah. That like when he said that, that was like because Gamora didn't understand what Groot was saying. But when he said that, that was Gamora finally understanding what he's saying. But it was the idea that like the audience are like now accepted well, yeah now accepted with like the guardian it's not just the core group it's like everybody's a guardian um so when i read that i was like oh that makes complete sense mm. once again god damn it james go what the <laughs> fuck man <laughs> too fucking good yeah uh let me see i feel like i've been talking all this time anything else you want to add um i like how they stretch this movie out because the first mm. half of the movie is them trying to save 
uh, rocket. Mm -hmm. Then the second half of the movie is them trying to, I don't know, defeat the high evolutionary. Mm -hmm. Um, And also now they're trying to save each other because they keep ending up in tight spots. Yeah. And they're like trying to save those kids. Mm -hmm. Um, That was uh, in, in the, the chamber or the prison, whatever the guy had created. I have a question for you. Mm. When they said, okay, um, get all of the higher life forms out of the ship. Uh-huh. Did you take a second and were you like, oh, but there are animals in there? Or were you like, well, that's fine because those are more important? Um, I didn't even take into account that there were animals in there. Um, but I do like the fact that like James Gunn like went that far and was like, no, there's actually like animals that he's still experimenting on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact that he was just like, we gotta save like not only is it important to save people, it's also important to save animals. Um, so I like I didn't think about that until it happened. I was like, holy shit, that makes sense. Like, why not? Yeah. Well, because my I guess my question is like, they had, they said, say you know, save all the higher life forms, mm-hmm. and I immediately was like, oh, they're gonna leave the animals behind. Mm-hmm. But I know that everything was really urgent. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I would probably do the same thing because we don't have enough time. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then I was, so that's what I was asking you because I'm like, like, well, it's almost like, what would you do situation? I get you, yeah. Well, I, I think but it, I'm glad they took uh, the time to save the animals because mm-hmm. you get those, that emotional beat, especially with Rocket. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's really weird because it just seemed like it dragged on for longer than the time that they probably should have had. Well, like like you had said about it, its connection to Rocket. I think it makes complete sense that Rocket that Rocket would um, find it because you know he's an animal himself. He knows other animals were experiment being experiment on. So it only makes sense that he like see like he, that he looks and he might think like, oh, there's probably animal. I mean, they don't say it explicit explicit explicitly. Um. But it does make sense within the context of the movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why I didn't really have a problem with it. I was just like, okay. Oh, I, I didn't either. But I was just more wondering, like, what would you do? Uh, <laughs> like, okay. Like, no, I just burn, you... every, I burn everything down. I wouldn't even save the kids. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, I know you wouldn't save the kids because you don't like kids, you <laughs> yeah. said. Fuck kids. <laughs> um, okay. Right. Um, hmm. Honestly, for a good portion of this movie, I thought they were going to kill Drax. Okay, so you thought they were going to kill Drax. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to kill Rocket. And then I thought later they were going to kill Peter. Well, especially when his face was bubbling up. Honestly, yeah. I already thought he was dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did realize, I didn't notice that you laughed at that shot where Peter has, like, he has the zune in his hand. Uh-huh. And you see the shot of the hand. And then you see um, Adam Warlock, like, with his finger. It's, it's, it's like. Oh, the, like Michelangelo? Exactly. Like, what's it called? Like, the creation of man or some shit uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And the explosion in the background. Uh-huh. Uh Because I heard you, like, kind of laugh. And I was like. And some of the other um, uh-huh. audience members laughed, too. Yeah. And, I, and it, that's the thing. It could have been played, like. It could have been played, like, corny, but it's actually played for, like, a pretty good joke. Because it, it, it followed, like, this very, like. <gasps> like, an almost very emotional moment. It didn't like, even follow it. It was right in the middle of it. Like. Well, like you weren't past that moment. It was right in that moment when yeah. that happened, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like he's in the middle of dying, and you're making a fucking joke. And that's the thing. I didn't take it as like he made. You're making a fucking joke. I think it as like, no, no, everything's gonna be okay. Like let's just 
make it a little bit lighthearted. I know. Well, that's time. that was my initial thought, but then at then after right after that, I was like, oh, he's probably gonna be fine. Yeah. Or they didn't, or at the very least, he didn't want everyone to be really, really upset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, probably, and I, I wouldn't doubt that. Like, maybe James Gunn was like writing. He was like, "Oh, Peter Quill dies," and Kevin Foggy was like, "No, no, no, we got plans for him." Because at mm-hmm. the end, it was like Star Lord will return. It didn't say the Guardians. It said specifically Star Lord. Wonder if he teams up with uh, Captain Marvel. He could. I mean. He's on Earth now, and there have been uh, a number of... I'm trying to remember. I know he's dated... I know Starla's been with Kitty Pride. I felt like they did their own comic book series without the Guardians. Um, and I'm disappointed he didn't ask his grandpa how long people actually live for. Oh, is that a joke? Yeah. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. Um, I like, too, uh, when the credits were rolling, you just hear them eating cereal. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, to me, that was really, like, s- sweet. Like, uh-huh. kind of set the mood. So, do you think do you think this was, like, a great send-off for the, Guard- for the Guardians team as we know it? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because it ended with them basically, like, either going off to discover more about themselves instead of running away. Mm-hmm. Or staying on the ship and helping to... Oh, nowhere? Yeah, mm. and and helping the um, the kids to like mm. acclimate and like get the society back to like functioning and stuff. Yeah, even even though, um, well, not even though, but to add to that, it's like um, the the Guardians of the Galaxy are not gone. They're just like the rosters just changed. Like it's now Adam Warlock, it's um, Rocket, it's Groot, N- and Nebula, uh, right? No, no, it's Cosmo. Cosmo oh. the dog, and then I forgot what was the girl's name. I think her name is like Fennel or Pharrell or something like that. I forgot her her name. What girl? The white, the girl with the white hair. She's she shows up in the mid credit scene, but she's only like she shows up during the movie, like little parts here and there, like when they're at the when they're trying to save the kids, oh. and then she shows up again in a guardian outfit. And she has like powers. Oh okay. Quasar. Her name. Her her other name is Quasar in the comic. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I think this is like a great send off for this for this Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like the characters they splinter, but they like go on like separate adventures. Um, and as we mentioned before, like this is a great way for Guard- for James Gunn game James Gunn to be like, boom! All right, mic drop. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so before we end this segment, uh, we have a few ideas of who can be the next director of these Guardian Guardian of the Galaxy movies because you know. You know Marvel's not going to stop making these movies, mm-hmm. um, and I've and I've heard people throw out ideas like who's going to be the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to say the first one, Kathy Ann from Birds of Prey, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember much of the about that movie? I remember liking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it had it did falter in some spots, but. Mm-hmm. As with anything DC, I think by that time I had kind of learned to take it with a grain of salt if I don't like it because mm-hmm. it's probably the studio fucking it up yet again. Yeah. And I saw a lot of, you know, things that could or did work in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of her creativity shined through. Yeah. Uh, another person we have on the list, and Kelsey, like Kelsey and I came up with our list separate, but we had one person that were like, Yes, this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Eggert Wright, which I 100% support. 
Yeah. Uh, not only does because it, you get the mm. the if you think of Shaun of the Dead, uh-huh. that could like literally be a Guardians movie. Like yeah, oh yeah, exactly. because of like the the jokes and the frenetic style of it. Yeah, and, the soundtrack, the mm-hmm. team, and everything. Yeah, totally, totally. And it'd be a great way. Um, I've I've heard I I'm sorry I've I've read an article too where like him and Kevin Feige are constant in constant contact even though him and Marvel had kind of a fallout out because he they they essentially well I don't say they essentially took but like he walked away from the Ant Man movie mm-hmm. um, but that was more because of like that team of like the head team they had of the creative team at Marvel Studios now they like disbanded the team and Kevin Feige is like the head of marvel studios Mm -hmm. so he's the one who can be like hey egger like come on back man we want you like Mm -hmm. we want you to do a movie for us yeah um so why'd you put phil laurie and chris miller i forgot what movie they did that i liked um they helped produce the spider-man and the spider-verse because they also wrote on that too Mm -hmm. that's why okay because of that um I like how colorful that one is uh-huh. and like how emotional it is and it does have some comedy. Yeah. And um and I think that they could really lend a good creative hand to um the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um I had suggested Nia DaCosta. No. Totally disagree. Why? I feel like what has she done? So she she did the Candyman remake mm-hmm. or the sequel, okay. Which I remember both of us really liked it, mm-hmm. and she's doing the Marvels. I don't know how the Marvels is going to go. Mm. And also, I'm trying not to choose directors who are already in the, in the Marvel, Marvel universe. universe. Mm, okay, but mostly her stuff has been pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Like the Candyman that has nothing to do stylistically or uh, in I, any I way. I would disagree with that. Really? Yeah, because there's a lot of great ways that she shot that film. Uh, like examples, like the way how it opened. I remember you liked it a whole lot. It was like an upside down kind of like mirror reflection mm-hmm. of the of the city landscape. Um, and I think like create. I think she's very good creatively. Like the way how she was using mirrors mm-hmm. in that movie. I think that that takes a lot of initiative to come with up with that idea. Another reason why I liked her, and I and I know what you said about like she's already in the Marvel family. Marvel has no no problem bringing in directors who have worked with them before. Like the Russo brothers is like a great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Taika Waititi, James Gunn, John. Because I would have put Taika on here then. Well, that I I would have put that there, but there was an interview. When James Gunn was fired from Marvel, people were asking Takawa TT, like, what would you do the third Guardians? And he said, if I remember his quote, he said, like, no, I wouldn't. That's like coming inside someone's home, going to the sun and being like, this is how you play baseball. Or just yeah. how you throw a ball. Which, it makes sense, you know. Um, so... And another reason why I think Nia DaCosta would be good is that just from the, the trailer for Marvels, I know that's going to be a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's intergalactic, it's like space and everything like that. So I feel like she already is familiar with that world, so she can kind of like incorporate that into like another movie. Kind of. Yeah. I, I know that I like some of the shots in Candyman. Mm. I just don't, like, yeah, okay, cool, she's creative, but I don't think I've ever seen her do anything mm. aside from that trailer that I clearly wasn't as in love with. Mm. That would be like fun. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I get you, I get you. That's that's why I passed her up. I saw her on like a list of like the fifty greatest directors or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'm like, nope. 
So much hate in your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this work, this duo, I'm surprised you didn't put down the Daniels. Yeah, I so, forgot they weren't even on that fucking list either. The Daniels. Yeah, and, well, because the list came out in 2021. But oh, well, there you go. Um, like I told you, my brain is fried, so yeah. I actually needed to look at a list of directors to be yeah. like, oh yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that they would be also be great for. Um, the Secret Wars movie that's coming out. I think it's. I think uh, an event that epic requires two directors. That's like like the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that was an epic journey, and the Russo brothers. It was like a two man team. Like you had to get like that much effort into it. Um, Deborah Cho. Deborah Cho has done some actually great work for oh. the Mandalorian. Sorry, I had one more thing to say about Nia Costa. Mm-hmm. I think she do fucking amazing with a Doctor Strange movie. I can picture that. Yeah, yeah, I can picture that. I'm not saying she's not a good Marvel director. Mm-hmm. I just there's so many different types of characters, and they don't—they're not all interchangeable. Mm. I think okay. she'd be a great Doctor Strange director. I can picture that. I wouldn't mind if Sam Raimi came back for another Doctor Strange movie. Um, or maybe if like some some way Marvel can like get uh, Scott Durkins to come back. He's the one who did the first Doctor Strange movie. Mm, yeah. Um, and then have like Robert C. Cargill write this script. Man, he's such a great writer. Uh, so yeah, Deborah Cho, she's done work with Mandalorian. With the Mandalorian, she's actually done some horror work for like Jessica Jones, uh, Iron Fist. Her directing is actually really good, despite those shows being bad. <laughs> Her direction is actually really good. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is another one. She's done great work for Mandalorian as well. And she's she's proven that she's becoming like an incredibly like well well acknowledged director. Mm. Um, I was gonna say if you've seen that episode of Black Mirror, but you don't. You only got like halfway through the I first can't. season. Um, no, I, I finished the first season and I finished the second one, but I couldn't get into the third one. Uh, okay, yeah, I think, I think I did. She's the one who did that. If if to trying to jog your memory, if you saw this, she's the one who did that episode where like. People are judged like on social media, and that's how like they're judged in society. Mm-hmm. She did that episode, if you remember that one. Yeah, I do remember that one. Okay, so she's done that. She's done some really great. Oh, okay, um, now I remember. So, the book of Boba Fett. Uh, she did the episode when the Ma- it was like um, an a a Mandalorian episode. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, she did that episode. Okay. Um. So like, because I, I, I bring it out like. She, she's obviously like a, a good director. Uh, Rick Fumia. Fumia? Fumiyawa. Fumiyawa? Fumiyawa, thank you. Um, he's a good action director. He did. Did you finish this season of The Mandalorian? The second season? It's the, We're in the third season. I didn't watch the third season. Oh, yet. okay. There's a season finale, two parter. Great fucking like two part episode. Mm. That's him. And then he's he's he, he was the showrunner for this not showrunner, he was the EP for this season, and I believe he's going to be the EP for the Ahsoka Tana show. Oh, cool! So he's a once again he's a really great action director. Mm-hmm. So I think he'd be great as uh, to take over the Guardians of the Galaxy role. Yeah, I actually do kind of want to see the Daniels do it though. I mean, if they did everywhere ever everything everywhere all at once, and that was mm-hmm. great. Can you imagine what they do with an even bigger budget mm-hmm. just destroy everything 
They probably win an Oscar for a fucking superhero movie. Oh, I know, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be a first. Uh, Ed's in directing, not acting, whatever. Joker, whatever. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so that's it. Are we done? Yep. All right, what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. All right, we are going to do our segment on the writer's strike and how it will affect marvel and star wars so i found this interesting um article from the decider um it goes a bit a little bit into detail about what is going how the wga shark is going to affect um disney like their marvel and tv shows right Mm -hmm. Mm, excuse me so this article I found is called How Would the WG- WGA Strike Impact Disney's Marvel and Star Wars Shows? Like I, I just said. Uh, written by Brett Wright. Brett White. Um, so, you know, I'm going to relay bits and pieces here and there. Uh, so the article states, what does a writer sh- uh, what does a writer strike mean for a service like Disney Plus, uh, specifically major franchises like Star Wars and Marvel? That depends on how far along a series is in production. Um, so the MCU was already like slowing down their pace, like for their TV shows and stuff like that. They, they got the hint that like not everybody can keep up with these shows. Um, so some of these shows are already done. Um, uh, so they were going to drop like five. Now they're dropping about two. This Seeking, Seeking Invasion and Loki season two. Now. Those are set to premiere. Those are already done. They're shot. Secret Invasion is going to premiere June 21st. Uh, Loki's already wrapped uh, film in October 22nd and has about six months uh, for post-production. No writers needed. They're already set, ready to go, right? Um, the only thing they need is like ADR work um, and reshoots, maybe, and that involves writers. So hopefully not. Mm. Uh but yeah, Logan is still on track to premiere uh, later this year. Uh, so next year, there's Ironheart, Echo, and Agatha Coven, Coven, Coven of Chaos. Or Coven. C-O-V-E-N. It's Coven. Coven, Coven of Chaos. Um, those going to be released with no noticeable hiccups. They've already wrapped filming, uh, but no release dates. All right. So far, so good. Okay. Uh now the shows that could be in trouble, could be in trouble, is uh, Daredevil: Born Again and Wonder Men. Uh, now both of those are filming right now, but there is on the day rewrites on the show. Like it's not guaranteed, but like they might. You know, whenever one of the things is like during production. This used to this used to be not common in early days of Hollywood, but now in in today's Hollywood. It's always ideal to have a writer on set to either go over the script so that the director or the cast can fully comprehend what's going on in the script, if there's any questions. Or rewrites need to happen. Maybe a dialogue wasn't delivered right or something didn't go well with it or something like that. They need a dog and pan. They need, <laughs> they need somebody to... Normally, Kelsey has commentary about that, but you can tell she's tired. Um, oh, no, hum. 
just enjoying your face is like fuck (laughs) bye um but yeah so like there's normal like normally there's like rewrites um i'm sorry as i was saying there's normally like a writer on set right Mm -hmm. but if there's no writer there's no rewrites in case that happens so that might kind of fuck up the production okay um so yeah, Wonder Man started filming in April, expected to run through summer. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, seeing oh yeah, Daredevil: Born Again is currently um, being filmed right now. Um, they've already got like two months into filming, uh, but this is like an eighteen episode season, so the production is supposed to go into November. So maybe by that time, like there's no issue like whatsoever. Mm. But there is, oh fuck, okay. Uh, in terms of Star Wars. There's nothing to be affected like this year. Star Wars Ahsoka, uh, the Star Wars Ahsoka show is set to be released in August, wrapped up in last August, in October. Um, ADR, ADR and reshoots that need to be done, but that probably won't happen. Um, same thing is with the Star Wars show Skeleton Crew. They've wrapped up in January, expect to come out later this year. So, like I said, so far, so good. All right, these Marvel uh, Star Wars shows, so far, so good. Um, so there are problems. There might be a problem that comes up with the Acolyte TV show for Star Wars, for the Star Wars series. Um, and what could be a problem is Andor Season 2, which I'll get to it a little bit later. Uh, that has benefits, once again, for having a writer on set. And these productions are actually a lot longer than a typical Marvel TV show. Um, both of them are roughly about five months in filming. Mm-hmm. Um, Acolytes is supposed to wrap up uh, shooting this month, but Andor uh, has more more episodes than Acolyte, the Acolyte, and it still is in production up until like summer. Mm. A lot of opportunities for it to mess up. So with that being said, Marvel's Blade has been like the production has stopped completely. <laughs> they were supposed to start filming next month. The original writer left. They brought in the they brought in a new writer. I can't remember what the dude's name is, um, but yeah, uh, for for it was announced uh, via Variety and other news uh, sites. Due to the, due to the ongoing writer strike, Marvel has shut down pre production on the superhero reboot, which is set to star Mahershala Ali as a titular vampire hunter alongside Aaron Pierre, Daryl Lindo, and Mia Goth. Um, the movie was supposed to start production in Atlanta. With a September 2024 release. But they've completely stopped production, like, whatsoever. Okay. Um, Let me see. The original director, Basim Tariq, had left the project two months before the filming began. And Jan Demage. Demage? Demange. Demange, uh, who was on Lovecraft, who handled Lovecraft Country, uh, took over... Uh, directing duties while Michael Sturberry uh, as the writer. So, weeks before the WGA, Nick uh, Pizzolotto, who worked on True Detective, joined the production for the rewrites. Once again, stopped production. <laughs> like, that's it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Another show that's being affected is, as I mentioned earlier, Andor Season 2. Uh, this news came out yesterday. Showrunner Tony Gilroy, he, like, ceases producing service on Andor. Tony Gilroy is the one who wrote Andor Season 1. Mm. If he's not on set, 
I'm actually kind of worried now. Yeah. Because his approach towards Andor, toward Andor was way different than anybody else had done before. And it made it this, well, I was going to say, I would say Rogue One, but once again, Tony Gilroy fixed that script. Yeah. So the fact that he's like, not the fact, so the article from Hollywood Reporter says, Tony Gilroy has told the Hollywood Reporter that he is no longer performing any non-writing duties of Andor, for Andor and Disney Plus uh, Star Wars, the Disney Plus Star Wars show he created and runs. In a statement, Gilroy, respond, Gilroy responded to criticism he received from fellow writers, writers Guild members for performing such services during the WGA's strike against the Alliance Motion, uh, Alliance of Motion Pictures, and television producers, which represents studios and streamers. So, <laughs> the dude's like, "I'm gonna walk away from this." Mm. That makes me nervous about Andor season two, because as I mentioned in our last episode. When there's no writers on set, and when certain people, when scripts like fall apart, the project suffers. Yeah. Um, but that uh, being said, I'm really glad that they just stopped with Blade. Yeah, yeah, that that was because people are waiting for so long for you know for them to pick it up or mm-hmm. whatever, and for them to continue and then do it wrong would be mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah, they like Marvel. Marvel has to get this one right. Mm-hmm. Like, especially since, like, they kind of have been, criti- not kind of, they've been facing a lot of criticism for, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, what was another movie that wasn't that great that they got a lot of shit for? Oh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, and Doctor Strange 2 did okay. The second uh, Thor movie. The second Thor movie? Oh, you mean Thor 2, The Dark World? Mm. Was he... That's too far back. That was like too far back, as in like recent. They've like they've been hitting a lot of like snags with their stuff. Of course, what happened with like She Hulk, Black uh, Widow, Black Widow, exactly. Like they're they're facing a lot of criticism. What happened with She Hulk? Because I liked that one. It was just the CGI was a little off. The CGI was once again the CGI for CGI was off, and a lot of people have complained that like the show didn't really know where it wanted to go. That's kind of true. Um, but I was still entertained by it. Yeah, and I actually look at that when people could say about. It didn't know what it wanted to do or where to go. That's kind of like the She-Hulk comic. Like, it's you really just follow in the life of... Uh, his, her name is escaping me right now. Um, of the character. Um, there's really... There is... Ice. Her name is Jen. Jen? Yeah. Oh, God. Quick to the internet. <laughs> Jennifer Walters. Mm-hmm. That's her name. Google actually did this pretty funny. It's supposed to be Jennifer, Jennifer Walters, but it says Jennifer Walters she. <laughs> like it's, it, it, there's like no space between Walters and she. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jennifer Walters she. Mm. You know, Marvel's uh, She-Hulk. Jennifer Walters she, She-Hulk. Mm. Uh, yeah, people were complaining about that, how the, uh, the CGI didn't really hold up. And they said like how it didn't know what it wanted to be. So Marvel, they have to get Blade right. A lot of people have been anticipating this movie. Um, trying to think. I think Marvel... I mean, other than Black Panther, Marvel really hasn't had... No, I take that back. I'm sorry, there's Black Panther, and then there's... Um, 
uh, what's his name? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they've had like black lead programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the one everybody's waiting for. Because yeah. a lot of people love that Wesley Snipes uh, Blade movie, which came out like in 98, 99, I think. Um, could be 97. Uh, and they have two-time Oscar winning Mahershala Ali. A lot of people are hoping this movie's going to be rated R. Blade is supposed to like really lean into like the supernatural elements of the Marvel universe. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot weighing on on that movie. Yeah. So like I said, Marvel they have to get it right, otherwise they just like they really done fucked up mm-hmm. if that happens. going to do our geriatric cinematic of Roland Emmerich's Stargate. It has been buried for thousands of years. A mystery. A secret. A threshold to the future. Where'd you find this? I've, I've never seen anything like this. One man will break the code and open the door. Well, this should read Stargate. That was in front of us the whole time. The other will lead the way. Why are you here? I'm here in case you succeed. This film came out in 1994. I'm, dis- I'm disappointed in you. Why? Because you try to make a, make a bad joke. I always try to make a bad joke. Well, I'm and? sorry. Not try. You made a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, came on 1994. The synopsis is an interstellar teleportation device found in Egypt leads to a planet with humans resembling ancient Egyptians who worship the god Ra. The god <laughs> Ra. <laughs> He's, he was a marine. Oh, really? I, I like to think that uh, Lady Gaga was singing a song about him. Mm. You know, Ra, 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 Ra. All right, I'll stop talking. Uh, Okay, directed by Roland Emmerich, written Mm. by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. It stars Kurt Russell, James Spader, and Jay Davidson. Um, Is it Jay or Jai? It's probably Jai. Mm. So, Stargate 1994. I actually had a hard time watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll go into a bit more detail um, later on. I do remember liking it growing up. I don't remember much about it, but after like revisiting it, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I feel this movie anymore. Um, but as per usual, no one gives a shit about what I think. The most important part is, what does Kelsey think about this? It's okay. <laughs> okay. Why? Why is it? Okay, just okay. I don't think I've ever reacted that way. I that's the first time you're like, it's okay. Normally you're like I love it, I like it, or I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the um I kind of almost spit that that comment out too. But okay. Yeah, I was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't really find almost any of the characters likable. Mm-hmm. The um, you mean not even your favorite actor? 
James Spader. I like James Spader now. I like James Spader with then the dork who <laughs> fucking grew hair like a fucking troll doll or some shit. Um, he wasn't. I take it he wasn't convincing as a as an Egyptian nerd. Uh, no, he? he seemed like he was slightly high the entire time. <laughs> I can see that. Um, the people. The first of all, there's a lot of like brown face going on. Go on. Well, because of the Egyptian people or whatever, uh-huh. they're very very tan, uh-huh. and they're white people. Uh, okay. I didn't really see that, but go on. Okay. Um, on top of that. It's hard to watch mm-hmm. a film where you find people of an older civilization or whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't, um, they can't speak the language that you speak. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for people to write them and not make them look like idiots. That's very true. Um, this movie does this weird thing where, um, well, I wouldn't say weird, but it goes on for a bit too long where, um, the military personnel like don't understand what the fuck they're saying mm-hmm. and that goes on for, and i understand why they did this in the movie it's supposed to be like just disconnect and then them trying to build some type of uh bridge between the two even though they can't understand each other um but it goes on for way too long mm-hmm. like more than half the movie they don't know what the fuck they're saying and it's not until like when james spader's character like it encounters raw and raw like gives them the knowledge or whatever to like know the language that like they start in- they introduce subtitles i honestly missed that oh really yeah all of a sudden uh. like they were back there with the hieroglyphs mm-hmm. and i thought the girl was teaching him how to talk because he would just realize that he was just pronouncing things wrong but he knew the words yeah because it was an ancient ancient civilization, so mm. he obviously you don't hear the words how they're spoken. Yeah. So I didn't actually get that he was taught anything. I think I checked out for this part of the movie. Oh really? Yeah. The the funny, you know, that you now that you mentioned that, well, not now, but the fact that you mentioned that, I had, it took me hard to check in to the movie until like the aliens showed up, and I was like, okay. Now, now I'm with it. Now I can go with this movie because a lot of times I'm sitting there and it's just there's just a lot of I don't understand what they're saying. We have to figure this out, but we don't understand what they're saying. Then when the aliens gonna fall, I was like, oh, there's the threat. Mm-hmm. Now we have to work together. Okay, here comes the language barrier going away. All right, now I'm invested. But by that time, I think it was like because this movie's almost like two hours long. Halfway, I was like, I don't know if I can fucking go go with this. I think it started for me with mm-hmm. James Spader. <laughs> so the first, <laughs> so at the ten minute mark when they introduce him, you're like, done. <laughs> Didn't they introduce him almost right away? No, because there's that there's that what's it called? The conference. Uh, no, no, there's the epilogue where they find the gate like in 1947 or 1927 or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go to the conference where it's in like the Plaza Hotel or some shit like that, mm-hmm. and how James Spader's like, well, actually, and trying to explain everything, mm-hmm. but he's like fumbling around. He's not very convincing as like a fumbler. No, he's very convincing as a fumbler. Okay. Because he fumbled it. He fumbled the role. Yes. 
other than James Spader's performance, <laughs> what did you think of Kurt Russell? <laughs> he has a face, and I can't explain exactly how I feel about it, but mm-hmm. he looks... He looks like if an AI put his face together from spare parts. Okay. Uh, how? Not like spare parts that didn't match, but like they crafted his face. Mm-hmm. Like something it, like off about it? Yeah, because like he didn't... He doesn't look like other people. At all. He looks like he mm-hmm. had a lot of plastic surgery. Yeah, he probably did. He likes to say that he didn't. That like all his looks are like natural, but he's he's too he's too smooth for his age, especially now he's too smooth for his age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his performance it's stilted. It's very stilted. Even like the at the beginning where he's sitting in the son's room that like accidentally like killed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that there's that part where he's like gonna like blow his brains up. Like this is quick like shot where he's like hiding a gun. Mm-hmm. Um. But for, like, most of the movie, he's, like, very stilted. And then it, it's not until, like, I guess that scene with the lighter and he shows to the kid, he, like, kind of, like, warms up. Mm-hmm. But it's like a sh- it's like a quick shift. Yeah, but then it goes back. Yeah, it goes back. And then he, he's kind of playful, like, th- like that big, um, that gunfight that happened in, in during this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, when he, like, su- when they surprised the alien guards and stuff like that it's like because there's like that scene where he like winks and mm-hmm. it's like oh he's humorous but it's just like that's it he goes like you said he goes back to being stilted but now he has a purpose <laughs> i honestly think they wrote that in there to be like oh this is what all the movies are doing right now yeah i know right like that's, that's definitely an 80s thing to have like a catchphrase or mm-hmm. something well I, I think it's pretty funny because um uh, James Spader himself has said that like he got the script and thought it was awful mm. and like just did it for the paycheck. And Kurt Russell has said the same thing, but he said it was like a f- you find out it was like a first draft mm. that he read that it was awful. But I feel like even though it was the first draft, there wasn't much of improvement because the writing's still kind of awful. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times you're just like, what, like, you're not like. I mean, you know what's going on, but you're like, what's the point of any of this going sometimes on? Sometimes you don't know what's going on because sometimes you check out and uh-huh. you're like, how did we get here? Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come to to that conclusion. It, like, it was a very simple thing. They go to the other, they went to the other side of the Stargate. They have to get back, and like that's it. And most of the time, it's just like, like what else is like supposed to be happening other than we got to get back. Mm. Um. That's why I said, like, it's not until the aliens show up. I'm like, all right, now this is mildly entertaining. Kind of. I honestly, uh, okay, so I said it started with James Spader. Mm. Okay. Um, and then it was um, Kurt Russell for okay. me because he shows up in this fucking installation. Mm-hmm. Everything revolves around what he fucking says now, which is like, why? Yeah. And the, even the characters are like, why? Because, yeah, exactly. Why because everything was fine before then. Uh, and they're so afraid of what could be on the other side uh, that they decided to open the fucking gate instead of leave it closed. Yeah, they're, yeah. the, the scientists in, in here, in this movie, they're, pre- they're pretty fast and loose with like the regulations and the, uh, what's the, the research 
of like, all right, now the gate's open. Now we need to take our time, like examining this thing. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, oh, instead they're like, all right, the gate's open. All right, send people through. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even a day. And they're like, all right, send, send people through. They might have disintegrate them or something. Or like shot into like the vases of space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been like credits. <laughs> what if they, they like, what if they appeared and they uh, were underwater? Yeah, instant or underwater. Death. Yeah, exactly. Like there was volcano instant death. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even, I don't even remember. Um, because like I feel like there's a part where like they open the gate, or like before they open the gate, James Bader's character is like, okay, there's something on the other end. We don't know exactly, but it's safe. I feel like either maybe I'm making it up that it happened, or if it did happen, it was very like yada yada yada. That he said he didn't know what was on the other side, but it's safe. Yeah, like I like like logically speaking, they would have to have at least had that in the script of like, okay, we know what's you know the gate is open to like somewhere, but we don't know where. But at least we know it's safe. Like something like that's given reasons. Not only, I mean, like because there's like that part where they they have that remote control like bot. Mm-hmm. It goes into the gate and gets like sucked up, right? Um. And then the next step is the next logical step is send like eight people through it. You know, it's no fucking sense, right? Not even like animal trial or anything like that. Just not only that, with a nuclear bomb. Seriously, but like I don't remember them getting into that. Like, oh yeah, it's safe on the other side. All I remember is like they push the robot through, and then next, next, like okay, we'll have, we'll go through now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't remember it in between. But they also knew that they had to get back, yeah. and they knew no. And here's the thing: James Spader's character, uh, Doctor Whatever the fuck, uh, Doctor Daniel Johnson Jackson, Jackson, yeah. He clearly said, "I can't get you back home." Yeah, when they got to the okay, like before, before they even they went, went through. through. No, I if I remember correctly, he said that he could get him through, but only if there's like certain stuff that's close by. Like, well, first he said I can't. Mm-hmm. Then he said, okay, well, if I can learn the language mm-hmm. that's on the other side, yeah, then I could get you home. Uh but that's after they pushed and said, well, we need to go over there. So is it you or or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great planning. Like, like honestly, there was no rush to go into that thing. No. Um, the other thing is, uh, so Kurt Russell was a problem. Um, they got through the thing, mm-hmm. and it was very rushed, and that made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. When they got through, there was no hieroglyphs or anything, and it just looked weird. Yeah. Like, I didn't like their setup at all. Like, everything just seemed really... It's almost like you're sitting outside with the harsh light of day. It's not like a nice warm sun or like whatever. Mm. It just seems like you're in the middle of nowhere and the sun is trying to murder you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's no writings anywhere, no comforts of anything. No sign of, like, life or even drinkable water. Yeah. Um... And then I was thinking, too, it's kind of like Minecraft. <laughs> like, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so would it, And would then it, there's a building, and it's random, and you're like, where the fuck did this come from? Would it, would it, would the movie had worked for you better if 
all of a sudden Daniel Jackson, James uh, James Bayer's character, just pulled out a pick pickaxe and was like, "Ha! Oh, mine here!" And then like found water. Yeah, actually, that probably would have made it a lot better. <laughs> it, would, it would have made more sense to them going through the fucking portal without. Well, no, if they went through the portal, that they'd be in the Nether. Uh, ooh, that's not good. I don't know. Cadence loves it down there. The ne- well, that that's Cadence. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I told her I I don't want to go into the Nether. I'm scared of it. Uh, I don't know. It it's not like growing crops and shit on on the regular side. Uh, I don't have a purpose to go down there, and I'm scared of it. So and why she's is- like, oh well, I'll take you down there, and it's okay, and then we can, you know, defeat the Ender Dragon, and then you have an Ender Pearl, and then you could do this. I'm like, sure. If you go down with me, make sure I don't die. And she lets you die. No, we haven't played. We haven't uh, played in like more than a year. <laughs> I remember you and I used to play that a lot together. We didn't play that much because you said I, you would make you dizzy after a while. So we only played like maybe four times. I feel like we played played a bit, little bit more because I remember we were like building. Were we building like a house together? We were, but we would pl- we played like an hour uh-huh. for like four times. So we got kind of like a good ways in, uh-huh. but you did a lot more playing with Leia. That's true. Yeah, kind of miss playing that game now. Yeah, me too. And um, that other that cooking game. Oh, I missed that. Overcooked. Game. Overcooked. Or that or that uh, street brawler. Did we ever beat that brawler? No, we didn't. I what was it called? Game. Valley Girls or? Yeah, yeah, I missed that. I remember we did play. <laughs> we're, talking, we're supposed to be talking about Stargate, and here we are talking about a video game. <laughs> it shows how much this movie's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there was the that. Then they see the people. Mm-hmm. And I always hate it when modern people meet mm. up with not modern people mm. because it always is like this interaction of like, hey, how you doing? I'm not here to kill you. Mm. Don't kill me. We're going to interact with hands and be like, I'm looking for this. And, you know, he like Kurt Russell, like what's called pantomimes, like hair. I'm yeah. looking for the guy with long hair. You know, he sneezes, you know, mm. like that type of shit. It's like, fuck. And then they did this really unnecessary time of like, it's getting dark. Mm-hmm. They're all in different tents. Mm. Like, why? <laughs> Nothing was added. What are you talking about? Everything was added. <laughs> Everything that made no sense. <laughs> mm. Um. So I got to the point by that time, uh-huh. I did not care about anything, not even the aliens. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, you weren't or, curious about, like... I already got enough of them when they were swiping at them the first time. Swiping at them? Yeah, I remember when um, the, the sandstorm came and those left-behind people went inside. Okay. And the aliens were, like, scratching at them, like, killing them. Oh, okay. I barely remember that. Exactly. So when they came again, I was like, uh, I really don't care. Yeah, this movie's not good. Um, I remember liking uh, the series, though. Yeah, and that's and that's why I wanted to. Um, that's why I want to talk about it because apparently, or not apparently, the movie obviously had enough of something to the point where like they they created. I, I remember what, what was the production company. Um, but they created like Stargate SG One, mm. which went on for like what five, six seasons or something like that, and then there was like Stargate 
Atlantis, Stargate, Arc of Truth or some shit like that. I only um, watched SG-1. My dad was really into that show. Uh-huh. Which he's not really into shows. Ooh, shit. Sorry, go on. And we used to watch that and um, Outer Limits. Oh, I remember Outer Limits. That was good. So Stargate SG-1 came out in 1997, right? Three years after the movie. Mm-hmm. Can you guess how many seasons, without looking it up, how many seasons was Stargate SG-1? Three. More. Seven. More. Thirteen. More. No, okay. Ten. It was on for ten years. Um, let me see. Atlantis. So Stargate, there, there was a spinoff, Stargate Atlantis. Five. Five years. Mm-hmm. Five seasons. Um, what was it? Another? It's called like the Ark of Truth or something. Oh, yeah. There you go. Ark of Truth. Oh, that's the movie. So it even created like a, uh, a, a, another, another movie. Mm. Ark of Truth, which is not fucking coming up because my laptop's being an asshole. So, Ark of Truth, an hour and 42 minutes. There you go. What? So I know that I said I didn't like James Spader, Mm -hmm. but I just want to tell everyone the thing that I told you. Please. I can't reconcile younger James Spader with current James Spader. (laughs) They are not... I swear to God, they are not the same person. The only thing that, for me, gives it away that they are is his uh, mouth. Even though they're the same person. The only, yep. the only real difference between James Spader back then and James Spader now, James Spader now is, is that he lost, he lost his golden locks. Um, it, he's aged. He's aged. And you still don't think those, that's the same person. No, because he looked like a fucking doofus when he was young. Oh, well, like, okay, when you say young, are you referring to his, um, in general, or are you just referring to, like, in Stargate? In Stargate. I don't know what other things. Yeah, you haven't seen much of his 80s work and such? Yeah. But he just looks stupid. And then, <laughs> then you were showing me other shit that he'd been in and, like, what he looked like. I'm like, okay, he looks weird there. Oh, he looks pretty normal in this one. Uh-huh. Oh, this is the Goldilocks of, like, he's not a doofus, but he's not an old creep. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I just only know the current one. And you're like, uh-huh. yeah, because you were introduced to James Spader for the fucking blacklist. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I know him okay. from. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, all right. So, you said Goldilocks. So, let- <laughs> let's, let's, let's. Let's kind of fuck around with that, okay? All right. James Spader. Okay, so from that one picture you saw James Spader in Less Than Zero. That's the one where he's young, his hair is slicked back. Mm. All right. Then there's James Spader that I showed you in Secretary. Secretary. He looks more like just normal. Mm. Okay. James Spader in Stargate. Mm-hmm. And then James Spader in The Blacklist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which one feels more right? Um. Not the slick black, slick back one. Actually, let me rephrase that. Which one looks more just normal? Okay, not the slick back hair one. Okay, but the other one. Uh, which other one? There were two in between, doofus and old guy. Oh, you talking about uh, secretary? 
Is his hair slicked back in that one? No, his hair slick, slicked back in Less Than Zero. That's the one from the 80s. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, the secretary is the one where he secretary. looks normal. Okay. Which one would you prefer? That one. The normal one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Now, going back to your, your thing with the Blacklist, do you have, like, a hatred for him in that show? Or, like, because this character is unlikable. He's kind of, like, likable, unlikable. Unlikable. Oh, okay. Like, he's almost like House. Yeah, House was an asshole, yeah. But you kind of like him, though. Yes. So it's like Because, that. like, he also has a heart. You could tell he's kind of fucked up. Mm, okay. You know, it's kind of the same thing, except he's less uh, jaded, I think. Okay. But also kind of likes fucking with people a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or seems like he's, like, hiding something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's why I like him in that one. Um, okay, so before um, before we leave our talk about Stargate, I want to throw out another question to you. And you tell me if the movie would have been better or worse. You know who Rick Moranis is, right? It rings a bell. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Okay. So Rick Moranis was offered the role of Dr. Daniel Jackson, the James Spader character. Mm. Do you think that movie would have been better or worse? Better. Better? Mm-hmm. Okay, why do you think that? Because I think Rick Moranis actually can act. <laughs> okay. I'm not laughing like, oh, you're full of shit, but like, just... <laughs> just I don't know. <laughs> no, like, no, like, I totally agree with you. I just think it's James funny that you went there. Spader? Uh-huh. I think he can act. I uh-huh. just don't think he did in that movie very well. Okay, I got you. Plus, like, Rick Moranis really fits the bill of, like... Scientist. Scientist and, yeah. like, dork or nerd and stuff like that. Like, yeah. oh, my God, Yeah. And I don't think he would have thrown the role away just for money. No. I think he used to be... I don't. I mean, I don't know his... Obviously, I don't know his mindset of how, how he was choosing roles. But he really came off as a guy who was just like, oh, what can I... Not like, what can I gain monetarily speaking, but more like, how, how is this going to prove in my acting? How am I going to learn from this? Mm. Um, I think that's what made him so likable. Because he seemed like a genuine, uh, genuine guy. Speaking... Um- really off topic did you mm. hear about Dolph Lundgren what happened he's been battling cancer for <gasps> the last eight years Ivan Drago mm-hmm. for eight years mm-hmm. they said that he only has like two or three more years left so that Drago show is probably not gonna happen probably huh? not he's um they like took a tumor off his kidney like what? 2015 and it just seems like it just keeps coming back what so damn mm. fucking he-Man? Mm. Frank Castle the Punisher? Ivan Drago? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. You want to hear a funny story about Dolph Lundgren? Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's going off topic, but I feel like I have to share this story. Um, so Dolph Lundgren, did you know he's actually like a... I don't remember what degree, but he has like... He's like a... Like a... Not a nuclear physicist, but he's like super duper smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a, what, sweetest, sweetest education system? Um, Sweden. Uh, so he told a story that, um, someone had broken to his house. Uh, I think he said it was like maybe two guys or he kind of put it together that it was like two guys. They broke into his house. Um, and when he got home, nothing was stolen. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a note. From the from the robbers, they didn't know it was his house until they saw his picture, 
And they were like, we're sorry. And left. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, there's a couple of movies I need to show you of his. Mm. Like, I think you actually, I mean, uh, well, I know you didn't really like, did you really? I don't remember if you liked He-Man or his performance in He-Man. No. Okay. Um, there's a couple of movies I need to show you. Wait. With him. What's up? You're going to hate me. Okay. That's Master of the Universe, right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Why? Oh, you thought it was something else? I thought I was wrong for thinking that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that you were going to have to school me on what it was. Oh, my God. You make it sound like, oh, Mars. Like, I'm not trying to school you. I'm just trying to inform you. Isn't that what schooling is? No, schooling is more of like a derogatory term. Like, you know, well, it's kind of like a will actually type thing. Mm. And I, I don't like, I, I like sharing this knowledge with you. Mm. That way I can think Cars 2 and, and Iron Man 2 are the same. <sighs> Never let that go. God, that was so fucking funny. <laughs> um, well, I did the same thing with Mission Impossible 2 and like, didn't I? I, I, I don't remember what was the second, what was the movie you confused it with? Me either, but I know you were laughing about that for a while too. Oh, okay. I'll, I'm sure I'll probably remember. Mm. Um, all right. Back on topic. So what's your final say for this one? You think it still holds up? Unfortunately, I do not. I would love to see yeah. a remake, though. I think a remake would like be good. Like an updated remake? Yeah, like a big, a bigger budget type type deal. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Um like, it would be they, cool if, like, they could bring the writer or director in from Lost. Oh, Damon Lindelof? I think that would really fucking fly. His writing's gotten a lot better mm-hmm. over time. I can picture that. Uh, if they if he decided to write a script, that'd be pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would, like, improve on it. Yes. Like, a lot. Um, yeah, this movie doesn't hold up at all. Like. I mean, obviously it held up for some people because they made a series out, uh, out, of the sh- out of the movie, but I had like, when I started watching this movie, I was like, why did I pick this for the fucking podcast? I know. We should have gone with the first choice. Oh, Fifth Element? No. What was the first choice? Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No. Why not? We're saving that for the animated movie. <sighs> I just want to watch that movie. It's been so long. You can watch it when the anime. You know what? You can you can watch it whenever you want, whenever you want. When's that animated movie coming out? Sometime during the summer. Fuck you. Just wait. Just be patient. Fine. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Fine. I'm gonna be so happy when you watch that. You'll be like, this movie fucking sucks. No, I love that movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You know what? Even as a kid. Mm. My favorite part was when, uh, which one of them was in the tub dying? Oh, uh, Raphael. Uh-huh. That's my favorite part. <sighs> Jesus. Okay. Even as a kid, even eight, like more, nine years morbid old. morbid as shit. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Like, like, oh my God, <laughs> what's going to happen? And I hope it happened too, like death. <laughs> All right, that's going to be our show for this week. Um, we would like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Um, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. And 
drop us a line on on uh, Gmail, therealappeal at gmail.com. That's real with two E's. Uh, like I said, you can find us on all podcast catchers. And while you're there, just go ahead and give us, give us a review, preferably five star. It takes like five seconds. We spend all of our time slaving over these mics <laughs> to review content for you. Mm-hmm. So the least you could do was review our content mm-hmm. if you appreciate us. I mean, I do all the heavy lifting. Uh, I'm going to say Mark. <laughs> Kelsey <laughs> just talks to the no, mic. No, I'm Mark. <laughs> Stop it, Kelsey. All right, Kelsey. I mean, Mark. <laughs> um, hmm. It reminds me of... Uh, that one joke that some person was like, oh, my name is Mark with a C. Uh, and they spelled it C-A-R-K. So then it was Kark. <laughs> so if you put our names together, it's Kark. It's Kark. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're going to be off or next week. Kelarky. Stop it. We're going to be off next week. <laughs> uh, no new episode. We're going to take a small break. But we will be back um, the week after. Uh, our review for that week will be uh, Fast X or Fast 10, however you want to call it. Uh, that's in theaters February 19th. It's on a Friday. Um, with February the, 19th. I'm sorry, May. May 19th. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm sorry. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> May 19th. Kalarki. <laughs> Kalarki. Thank you, Kalark. No, if it was if it was our name combined, it'd be like us talking like Kalarki. <laughs> 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 anyway, so yeah, Fast X comes out Friday, uh, May 19th uh, in theaters. Our geriatric cinematic will be gone in 60 seconds. The 1974 version, not the 1996 version. Um, that 1996? Is sh- what? Yeah, the gone in 60 seconds. I think it's 1996. No, it was like early aughts. I think it was 06. My bad, it's 2000. 2000? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was off. Not that far. I could have swore it came out in like 04, 06 or 07. You want to argo with Google? Argo with <laughs> Google. Fuck, we got to end this podcast. <laughs> you want to argo with Google? <laughs> so anyway, shout out, shout out, shout out. Geriatric Cinematic, Gone in 60 Seconds, 1974. Uh, streaming on Pluto, Tubi. Kelsey's still laughing. Pluto, it's streaming on Pluto, Tubi, and available to rent on Amazon and other VOD services. Uh, the topic of that week will be breaking physics for entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm entertained, and I think you broke physics I today. <laughs> I broke the laws of... Kalarki is going to argo with Google. I know. I broke the laws of language. <laughs> and everybody suffered for it. <laughs>